This series we've been in has been about how we work out our salvation. Not how we work to get our salvation, but how we work out the salvation we receive from Jesus Christ. Or as the Amplified Bible says, how we cultivate in us the kingdom, the kingdom of God. How we bring the kingdom to full effect in our lives. Two Sundays ago, we visited the first of our three new vision statements. Bethany Covenant Church, inviting people to know God. We came to know that God is self-revealing, has always been self-revealing, in general ways for all people to see, for all time in all cultures, through creation, and just what comes in our mind as we look at the creation, something greater than us has done something here. Oh, it's relatively new that some people have said, well, it all happened by chance or a big bang. I had a secretary in a church several years ago who had a wonderful sticker on her bumper of her car. It said, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God said it. Bang. It happened. It's kind of how it is, really. A designer revealed himself in his creation and by what's inside of us as we look at it. But also, God is self-revealing in special ways. And two of them most particularly we looked at were the Bible And, of course, ultimately the person of Jesus Christ himself. As Christians, we are given the stewardship of both this general and specific self-revelation of God. Therefore, we are responsible to help other people to come to know God through creation, through intuition, through the Bible, and most significantly through Jesus, so they can have a relationship with God as well. This is a primary stewardship responsibility of Christian people. We have been given not only this message, but this relationship, this dynamic and personal connection to God in Christ. Last Sunday, we visited the second of our three vision statements, Bethany Covenant Church, inspiring people to follow Jesus. We came to understand that God wants more than knowledge. He wants action. God's son, Jesus, called people to follow him. Those were his words over and over and over again. There's action involved in that. While we can do nothing to obtain God's gift of salvation, we can do something once we've received it. We can follow his son, Jesus. We can inspire others to follow Jesus by clearly following him ourselves. I laid out for us many examples of what it looks like to follow Jesus in practical and daily ways. And by this lifestyle, add to the number of people who become not only knowledgeable about God, but become genuine followers of his Son. This morning we visit the third of our three vision statements. In Bethany Covenant Church, involving people to serve our neighbors both near and far. Pray with me as we dive into our text and find out what God has to say to us this morning. Let us pray. Holy Father, open our ears to hear what you say to us. Open our minds with understanding of you and your ways. Open our hearts to feel what you feel. May all that is said This morning, 
be initiated and believed as your word for us this day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you, David, for reading the text this morning. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21 has already been read for us. I will not reread it, but it's on the screen. It's a marvelous text about what God has done through his son. Look again at what is written. The text is about a new creation because of Jesus. The newness is about reconciliation, that is, being restored to a relationship with God that was lost. Reconciliation, first and foremost, is anti-judgment. Anti-judgment. God is not counting sins against us. In other words, what God does through his son Jesus means we don't get what we deserve. How does that make you feel? We don't get what we deserve. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? Reconciliation is also pro-people. People are included. People are forgiven. People are blessed. People become family. These are the results of the work of reconciliation that God has done through his son. And we can see that God passes the baton of reconciliation to us by giving us the ministry of reconciliation. If we've come to know his son, Jesus Christ, and have been reconciled to him, it's like a relay race, and God hands to us what he handed to his son. His son now hands to us what he has done and says, pass it on. Be reconcilers. As the text continues, the next slide, God makes us ambassadors of this work of reconciliation. Ambassadors are getting a lot of headlines these days. We're ambassadors for God, who hasn't changed his plan ever, has always worked this plan in the same way. Be reconciled and be reconcilers. God is making his appeal through us, an appeal for people to come to know him and be reconciled. And God is giving us an assignment. Be it, do it. Be it and do it. We are to be reconcilers. The rest of this message is a metaphor about how this works. Here's an illustration. Can you see it? You know, if we had a new projector, (laughs) and if you'd like, if you got about $12,000 lying around somewhere, or if two of you have six, or if four of you have four, you get me? It would be very helpful. You would be able to see some things that we've never been able to show because it's so (laughs) dim up here. That is the Grand Canyon from the South Rim looking north. It's an incredible thing. It's a reverse mountain. I've gone down to Phantom Ranch three times. Down was the hard part. Everything aches when you get to the bottom because you've been jarring yourself going downhill. And you smell like a mule train. Because when they go by, they share everything they have with you. And they go by a few times a day. It's a gorgeous canyon. I hope you can see it or at least see it in your mind. 
At this point, the straight line distance from the south rim to the north rim is 16 miles. The trail down to the Colorado River and back up the other side is approximately 40 miles, depending upon which forks you take. By car, it is a 200-mile drive from the south rim to the north rim, all the way around. It's a slow drive. This is a considerable chasm to get from one side to the other. But by comparison, the chasm between each of us and God is far grander, far more significant, far greater. And there's no pathway to be able to hike from one side to the other. And there's no road to travel around it to get from one side to the other. There is no way to cross the chasm between us and God. That is no way by our doing. It is uncrossable from our perspective. The chasm between us and God is the result of sin in life, of disobeying God. We all do that. Romans 3.23. All have sinned. Keyword all have sinned. Fall short. Of God's glory. In the Bible, God reveals that the reason we die is sin. Genesis 2.17. Speaking to the man, God said, You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Sin. That's the cause of death. Romans 6.23, the first part. The wages of sin, the, co- the result of sin, the consequence of sin in our life, is death. But God has the remedy for sin. It's an antidote for death. Romans 6.23, the full verse, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In reality, Jesus has become the bridge that makes it possible for the chasm of our sin to be crossed and each of us to make it to the abundance and eternity he intends for us. And he intends that for everybody. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all would reach repentance. He's built the bridge. Okay, that's a bridge. It's a Craig bridge. But it's really about a Jesus bridge. Because Jesus has built that bridge. We don't build that bridge to God. People have tried. God has built that bridge to us. Listen to what Jesus himself says. John 14, 6, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I take that literally. His bridge is the only way. But that bridge is available to any and every person who's ever lived. It's built by Jesus It is his gift of life to us because he loves us. It's complete and it's fully functioning. But there is a bridge for us to build, at least part of a bridge. The bridge between us and those around us, family members, co-workers, neighbors, schoolmates, and we could go on. Our bridges to them are to be genuine and authentic. 
are bridges to include for them the possibility and the access to the Jesus Bridge, which is the only bridge to the Father. In essence, we are builders of on-ramps. On-ramps for people to Jesus. Aren't those interesting on-ramps? Color-coded, too. Our on-ramp for Jesus is essential and fulfills God's desire to seek and save lost people. Some of our responsibilities in our on-ramp building are unique. That is, we don't all have these responsibilities. Some of you teach children. You're the on-ramp for kids. Others of you sing in the choir. You're the on-ramp for worship towards God. And there are a few of you who do both, all of which serves as an on-ramp for others toward Jesus. Some of you serve in leadership, perhaps of a ministry program here or elsewhere. Others of you make and deliver meals, Thanksgiving baskets, if you will, to people who are in need. And yes, there are a few who do both, all of which serves as an on-ramp for others toward Jesus. Some of you repair things that are broken, You know how to find what's wrong with them, and you know how to fix it. While others of you teach or counsel teenagers going through life's decision-making moments in in their uh, life history. And once again, there are a few who do both. But all of which serves as an on-ramp for others toward Jesus. There are many unique tasks in the ministry that we have. And like a team, we work together, but we don't all do the same things. We have different skills, abilities, talents, ways of thinking, ways of completing, ways of accomplishing. But there are other responsibilities in on-ramp building that we have in common. These are not unique to some, but expected of all who claim Christ as their Savior and Lord. We're all to worship the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit of God. We are to do this personally, devotionally. We're to do it corporately, like we are today, gathered here together. We are all to pray, personally and corporately, for one another, for people in need, for our enemies, for our nation, for our world. We are all to study the Scriptures, on our own, and in the Bible studies that are provided, and the community around here is filled with opportunities to study the Scripture, and many of them are right here in this place. We are all to give our resources, our time, our talent, our financial resources. Our whole life as Christians is a matter of godly cultivation, And it's all about on-ramping so that people will come to know God in Christ and be able to make it from this side of the chasm where sin abounds to that side of the chasm where God abounds and where he longs for us to come and send his son to make it possible. Our life is a matter of cultivating both our unique and shared responsibilities of these on-ramps. Now, some of us may have the wonderful joy of leading a child to Christ. 
But all of us have the responsibility to pray for our children, to pray for their teachers and counselors, and provide the resources necessary for the Christian formation of children. While some of us may have the thrill of representing our Lord on a mission trip like the one that was in Ecuador this last summer, all of us have the responsibility to pray for the mission and to provide the resources necessary for the mission to succeed and the people God has called to be there. While some of us may have the satisfaction of fixing broken things in our facility or in other places beyond our facility, all of us have the responsibility to provide the resources necessary for the facility to serve the needs of the ministry of God that he has planted here at Bethany Covenant Church. The scripture has revealed that God is the master bridge builder. He made us, he redeemed us, he reconciled us to himself. We are his. The scripture has also revealed, and the text read this morning, our responsibility in basically building on-ramps for people to get on God's bridge in Christ, inviting people to know God, generally, most specifically, by inspiring them to follow Jesus, and then involving people in service to our neighbors both near and far, building on-ramps for them to come to know God and become Jesus' followers too. You recently received a letter from our Stewardship and Finance Ministry team chair. This is the annual pledge card for 2020. There it is. Now, on that side that shows up there, sometimes it's hard to read the real red print. You have copies of these in the pew rack in front of you, and some of you have probably brought them today because of this letter that you received to be prepared for an in-gathering Sunday. This is your worship of planned giving in response to what God has done for you and in what God is doing through the Covenant Church here at Bethany. This is your worship. Carolyn, would you join me for just, just a second? Can you all see her? Nice coat. Carolyn and I are grateful for what God has done and is doing in our life and the chance we have to be with you. It's been getting close to a year and a half. One of us is dramatic. Can you tell which one that is? <laughs> We're committed to obey God in support of his work through Bethany Covenant Church. And we are pleased to do what we can so that God, whose bridge has been built, can be known by more people and that more on-ramps will be developed by each of us and all of us together. This morning, I ask you to join us as we put our pledge for 2020 in a basket on the table here. I'm going to explain that in just a moment. But first of all, I'd ask you to join me in prayer.
Father, there are lost people to be found and there are hurting people to be helped. May your Holy Spirit overwhelm each of us with the personal call to be an on-ramp for others, to know you and to follow your Son. May your generosity to us be revealed by our generosity to you and your church. In the name of Jesus, amen.